still talking about peace every night during the year. And what we need in our life is peace. We see in the world in which we live chaos and war and all kind of things going on around us. But we can still have peace in the middle of it. A lot of times we get worried and upset and agitated. What's going to happen next? And I don't know what I'm going to do. And all those kind of feelings and emotions get involved in our minds. And it doesn't have to be that way. We can have peace in the middle of the biggest storm. If Jesus is doing what he wants to do in our lives, if we let him do what he wants to do in our lives. Uh, drove to Bozier after worship this morning, had lunch with Cheryl's family, and drove back this afternoon, left about 325, and it took me an hour and 35 minutes to get home. Because the whole way, I was in the middle of the storm. I knew it was coming when I, uh, they said something about a storm coming, toward, uh, thunderstorm watch and all that over there. I said, let me get ahead of it. Well, I didn't. I got right in the middle of it. And it just went down I-20. Well, it's bigger than I-20, but it went from Shreveport, Bossier, to all the way through Shudrant toward Monroe, right down I-20, and I was in it the whole time. Hard, hard rain. Drove 35 to 45 miles an hour the whole time. Flasher zone. Just, you know, just trying to focus on the road, focus on people coming by me and watching the one in front of me swerve over and just miss them. They got back and, you know, all kind of stuff like that all the way through. But you know, I had peace about it. I mean, you know, I, I was just driving and following Jesus and letting Him guide and, you know, just what was there to be upset and worried about and agitated about? It wasn't anything. Got a free car wash. Sure did. It washed it. I mean, it ought to be clean. <laughs> Top to bottom. Sure had. And so it was with the disciples. We just pick up where we left off this morning because it says on the evening of the first day of the week, we were in the morning of the first day of the week this morning where Mary Magdalene came to the empty tomb and we went from there with what happened. Well, we go to the evening now of that same week, same day, and said when the disciples were together, so all the disciples are together on this evening, this morning we saw where they went home. They came to the empty tomb, didn't see Jesus, and so what did they do to go home? Well, that evening they're all together in one place. I guess they got uh, started texting everybody and, and got everybody together and said, let's all meet together tonight, whatever time. And they came together in one place, and they had the doors locked. Why? For fear of the Jews. We're going to get arrested next. We're next. They're going to come get us. We're going off to jail. They're going to crucify us, just like they did Jesus. And so we're afraid. We need the doors locked. All in this room, we got to plot some strategy. What do we do now? Because can't you imagine their Lord, their Master, their Savior, their leader, the one they've been with for three and a half years, they've seen him walk on water, they've seen everybody in the world, uh, all kind of miracles performed on people with the blind seeing again, the deaf hearing and all that, and now they're afraid what's going to happen next, so we need a strategy. What do we do now? And so they're all locked away in a room, making sure they're keeping the Jews out, and then all of a sudden, look what happened. Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you came through the wall, came through the door, however he did it, he came into the room where they were with the doors locked. They made the emphasis there that the doors were locked. He didn't just open a door and come in. He came into the room and he said, peace be with you. And we need to make sure we understand the word peace. We've looked at it so many times, but dealing with what we're dealing with tonight, let's make sure. When he said peace with you, what was he meaning? He said, I want there to be harmony with you. I want to be in harmony with you. I want you to be in harmony with each other. And I want you to be in harmony with me. And so he said, as you have peace with you, you have harmony with you. You're all on the same page. We use that term sometimes today. 
But he said, I want you to make sure you have security too. So peace means security. I want you to realize I'm in the room with you. So why are you so afraid? Why you got the doors locked for fear of the Jews? I'm in the room with you. So if there's peace here, there's security here. And we all look for security. Security within ourselves, security in our home, security in life. And we all want security. And so a lot of times you hear people say, you're just insecure. You're insecure in this relationship. You're insecure in who you are and all those kind of things. We hear people say that term about being insecure. Well, Jesus said, I want you to be secure and you can have that because peace be with you, security be with you. But it's also the quietness of the heart. Sometimes our heart gets loud. <laughs> Sometimes our heart gets to blowing things up, you know, and, and uh, talking things we don't need to be hearing and saying things we don't need to be listening to because our heart's just moving, going, our emotions going this way and that way. And Jesus says, I come into the room and I want your heart to be quiet. But he said, I want you to also have freedom from rage and war. Uh, sometimes the most rage that goes on is right inside our own hearts, our own minds, our own souls. Sometimes the biggest war in the world is right there in our own life. We can be at war with ourselves and war with other people. And Jesus comes into the room. He said, I want you to have peace. I want you to be free from this rage and this war that goes on in your own heart. So he's saying that to them. He says, peace be with you. And so after he said that, he, shoved them, he showed them his hands and his side. Why would he do that? Because he had had his hands pierced with the nails uh, three days earlier, and he had a spear put in his side, and so he's showing them the evidence. He said, I want you to see this is real. I want you to see who I am. I want you to make sure you understand that I'm right here in the room with you. And the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Now they're excited. Now they're overjoyed. Now they're saying, we've got peace. We've got to understand because Jesus is right here with us. Kind of like us, isn't it? When we understand Jesus is right here with us, we're overjoyed about it. And so again, Jesus said, told him a second time, peace be with you. I want you to have this security, this harmony, this quietness of heart, freedom from rage and war, so peace be with you. As Father sent me, I'm sending you. So he's not letting them sit still. He's not saying, hey, let's stay in this room for a couple of weeks. Let's plot some strategy of what you do next. Let's figure out what you're going to do now that I've been crucified, been resurrected, I'm going back to the Father. Let's see what we can come up with and see what you're going to do now. No, nope. <laughs> didn't do that. He said, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out of this locked up room here, out into the world in which you live to go do something for me. And so he says, as the Father sent me out into this world, I'm sending you. So that's why you need my peace with you. But he said, you need more than just peace. You need to receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit's now going to be your guide and he's going to be your teacher. He's going to be the one taking my place in your life living inside of you so that wherever you go, I go. So if they're going 11, there's 11 of them now. They'll get 12 and we read the book of Acts. But wherever 11 disciples go, then Jesus goes 11 different places at the same time. When Jesus walked on the earth, he could only be in one place at one time. But now that he's filling 11 people with the Holy Spirit, he goes to 11 places at the same time through 11 people. Just like today, if there's a million Christians today, Jesus in a million different places at the same time through the Holy Spirit. So he said, if you forgive anyone his sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they're not forgiven. He says, I want you to understand that your sins have been forgiven, Peter and Bartholomew and all these others. And understand, they said, yeah, our, our sins have been forgiven. You've forgiven our sins. You've cleansed us. You've given us the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want you to understand to be able to take that to people in which you encounter, that you can show them how they can be forgiven of their sins just like you've been forgiven of your sins. 
And if they don't understand, they don't want forgiveness of their sins, then they need to realize that they're not going to get it from any other way, any other place, only through Jesus. And you're going to take that story to them. You're going to take that message to them about forgiveness being able to come into their lives like it has in your life. Well, here we go. Now, Thomas, one of those 11, one of the 12, called Didymus, one of the 12, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. He had another name called Didymus. You ever looked up Didymus, see what it means? It means twin. The word Didymus is twin, meaning Thomas had a twin. All right, now what was his name? Don't know, do you? I don't either. The Bible doesn't say. You would have thought, I would have thought rather, I thought, oh wait, he's got a twin as a disciple. He's like Elaine and Wayne, you know, and a Drew and Sue. You know, Lane and Wayne look so much like each other, and Sue and Drew look like so much like each other, you know. People say they can't tell Lane and Wayne apart. Same thing with Drew and Sue. You can't hardly tell them apart, can you? And even though they're identical twins. Well, Thomas had a twin out there. We don't know who he was. We don't know his name. We don't know anything about him. We just know that he was a twin. But he's one of the twelve. So they had a word for him, called him twin. Uh, he was not with the disciples that night. On this evening, this first Day of the uh, first day of the week on this evening, same morning with the resurrection. Thomas wasn't there. I don't know. Maybe he didn't get the text. I'm not sure what happened. Uh, power might have been down. I'm not sure. But he didn't get the word. He didn't get there with them. So he wasn't with them when he, Jesus came in the room. So the other disciples told him later, we've seen the Lord. Thomas, we've seen the Lord. He was right there with us. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger in where the nails were, and put my hand in the side, I'm not going to believe you guys. Y'all telling me a story. Y'all just trying to encourage me. Y'all just trying to pick me up. Y'all just, I, I don't believe it. And sometimes when you tell somebody about Jesus, doing a work in your life, there's people out there that, I, <laughs> I don't know about that. That sounds too far-fetched for me. Well, Thomas did the same thing. So a week later, one week later, the disciples were in the house again, same place, and this time Thomas is with them. They got all 11 there. Thomas happened to get the text this time, and he's with them. And though the doors were locked, just like they were the week before, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Three times he's told them that, twice on the week before. Now tonight he's telling all of them once again, Peace be with you. I want you to have harmony, security, quietness of heart, freedom from rage and war, because I'm in the room with you. And then he said to Thomas, he singled him out, and he said, put your finger here. Because he knew what Thomas had said to them the week before. And see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe, Thomas. And Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. He had to see the evidence. He had to touch Jesus for himself. He didn't want to take somebody else's word for it. He wanted to take the word of Jesus for himself. And so it is with you and I. You know, we don't want to uh, throw Thomas under the bus, as we say sometimes, and say, come on, Thomas, what's your problem? Been with Jesus three and a half years. If they told you they saw him, why don't you believe they saw him? And so he had to see it for himself. But so do we, don't we? We all have to experience Jesus for ourselves. Just to hear somebody else say, here's my testimony of what Jesus done in my life. Here's my testimony about what Jesus done in my life. It doesn't help us. We have to see Jesus for ourselves. 
other people have. This one has, that one has. They're telling their story about what Jesus did for them, how he got them through this, that, and the other, and they're saved and all those, th- all those things. And yet it comes down to me and my personal relationship with Jesus. Nobody else can help me with that. Same thing with Thomas. Thomas said, i got to see. i got to experience Jesus for myself. It's good to take your word. It's good to hear you all were with him last week, but I didn't see him, so I didn't experience him like you did. i got to see it. i got to feel him for myself. So he did, and he said, my Lord, my God. Now, the word doubting, sometimes we think Thomas just, oh, y'all just playing with me. Y'all just messing with me. I don't know about what y'all are saying. I, I doubt that. The word literally means disbelieving. He simply did not believe them. It also means it's unfaithful. He was being unfaithful to Jesus and what he was being told about Jesus. And so he wasn't being faithful to Jesus. He was untrusting. I'm not sure untrusting is a word, but it fit with unfaithful, so I put un- unentrusting too. But he didn't trust Jesus. He wasn't being faithful to him. wasn't believing him. He had to see Jesus for himself and experience Jesus for his own self in order for him to believe, to be faithful, and to trust him, just like you and I have to do. Then Jesus told him, Thomas, because you've seen me, you believe. That, that's good, Thomas. Because you've experienced me for yourself, you've seen me for yourself, you put your nails in my hands and you put your hand in my side and you believe, you trust me, you have faith in me, that's great. But blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. See, we don't have the opportunity that Thomas had of putting our fingers in the nail holes. We don't have the opportunity Thomas had of putting our fist in the side where the spear went. We don't have that opportunity. All we have is God's Word that says that. And so we also have the Holy Spirit living in us that says that. And we have to trust that. Because we do believe everything in the Bible, don't we? And so if we do, we say, well, it says it right there, says it right over here, says this, says that. And so I believe that. We have to say, I believe it. I have faith in that. And so we're blessed as a result. It's called faith, you see. We don't see Him. We don't walk by sight. We walk by faith. And so when we walk by faith, we believe what we read. We believe what we experience through the Holy Spirit. And we have peace with God as a result of that. So Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of His disciples, which are not recorded in this book, which John said, I ain't got a space to put this down. There's so many things Jesus did I could write, 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 and write, and they'll never cover it. Imagine three and a half years being with Jesus, how much it would take to write every single day. Imagine keeping a diary. If Johnny kept a diary every day, today we went here, today we went there, we did this, we did this, we did this. How much longer the book of John or Matthew or Mark or Luke would have been or anybody that was with Jesus if they kept a diary of everything to happen, every little detail of every single day for three and a half years, how long it would be. And so John said, I didn't write everything down. He did other things too, and they're not recorded in this book. But these are written. What I have written down, they're written that you may believe that Jesus is Christ, Son of God. He said, I wrote enough about what Jesus did for you to take by faith and believe what he did is true and say, I get it, I believe it, I trust it, and I follow it. Why? That you may be, that by believing, you may have life in his name. So that was the ultimate reason John wrote down what he did so that we could have evidence of what happened. We could trust it. We could believe it. And we could have faith. We could have life by believing in his name. 
So when he told them three different times, peace be with you, the question came to my mind, how? How could I have peace in the middle of a terrible situation like they were in? I mean, their Lord, their Master, Savior has been crucified. Yes, he has arisen, but where is he? We're all alone now on this first day of the week, same day that saw the uh, tomb empty. They know he's out of the tomb. They know he's alive, but where'd he go? Did he go on back to heaven? Are we all alone now? Are the Jews going to arrest us? Are we going to be crucified? Are we going to die too? You know, what's going to happen now? Do we go back home, just go back to fishing and doing all those things we used to do before we met Jesus? What do we do now? Jesus comes to the room and says, Peace be with you. And so we have those questions too, don't we? What am I going to do now? I've got this going on, and I've got that going on, and then this happened, and now on top of that, that happened. That's life, isn't it? You you understand those kind of things that happen in life, don't you? You think, you know, one more thing, and it's just going to, you know, and then here comes one more thing. And so we know those qualities like they were facing. And Jesus comes in the room where we are, and he says, peace be with you. How do we get that peace like they did? Same way. We just trust Jesus when he reveals himself to us. When Jesus comes to us in our room, wherever our room is, we're trying to meet with Jesus, to hear his voice, hear from him. Lord, I've got this going on, that going on. I've got so many problems, so many troubles. I just need peace, Jesus. And he comes into our room. He says, let me reveal myself to you. And when he reveals himself to you in however way he does that, we trust him, don't we? And we have peace as a result of what he shows us. But he also says, obey Jesus when he sends you out to serve him. That's the first thing he told them. He said, okay, fellas, let's just stay in the room. Let me just walk with you through this for a little while and ease you through the transition of my death and resurrection and going back to the Father. It wasn't anything like that. He says, I'm going back to the Father. But you're not going to stay in this room locked up the rest of your life or the next two weeks or the next day. I'm sending you out. Get on out of here. you got things to do, places to go, people to see. And so when Jesus sends us out to serve him, we have peace. Because when we're doing what God wants to do out there, we got peace about it. There's nothing horrible going on when we do that. But also he said, share Jesus with others so they can experience the same kind of forgiveness as their sins that you receive. If you know you're saved, you know you're born again, you know you came in, into the kingdom of God, you know that your sins have been forgiven, don't you? You know that whatever you did before salvation, it's all been cleansed, all gone, all been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Not what we did, what He did. And so we realize that my sins have been forgiven. I've been redeemed. I've been set free. I've been set free from sin and free to serve, and so here I go. And so when He does that, we realize that other people can receive the same kind of forgiveness we've received. Because there's people out there still in bondage to sin. I mean, sin's got a grip on them, won't let them go. And the only way we're going to be, they're going to be let go is through forgiveness, and we can show them how that works because of how it works in our life. And then don't doubt the Word of God. Sometimes we as Christians, even Christians today, doubt, mm, I don't know, <laughs> Jesus is saying to do this and step out on faith. I'm not sure I can because I, I, may, I may fall because I'm not sure I can do that. And he says, you're right, you can't do that. Whatever he calls us out on faith to do, we can't do it, because if we would, we'd be doing it. That's why it's called faith, because we can't, but he can through us, or he wouldn't call us to do it. If he calls us to do something, we can do it. 
or he wouldn't call us. He'd go call somebody else. And so when he called me into the ministry, he, I said, I can't do it. He said, I know. And when it came to that realization that I couldn't, then he said, you can, because I'm going to walk through it with you. And then how do we have this peace? Just have faith in Jesus. Even when you do not see his hand at work in your life. Sometimes we don't see Jesus working. Sometimes we're just sitting there thinking, it's just kind of dry in my life right now. Something's just not right. I, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, just, it's kind of like this banana here. You know, it's just, I, I try to peel it, but I can't peel it. I don't know if it's gotten hard through time. It's just gotten rotten, rotten or whatever it did, but it's, it's hard as a brick. You know, you want to try to eat it? <laughs> can't, can you? We don't always see Jesus at work in our life. We, we just don't see Him doing anything. That's when we have to have faith in Him and trust Him, even when we don't see Him working, because He is. And we have to ask Him, Lord, what are you doing in my life? What are you showing me right now? I feel like I'm just stuck. I'm just right here. I haven't moved forward. You know, I'm waiting for you. I'm, I'm asking you to show me. I, I want your peace. And I don't see anything happening. God, reveal your stuff to me. But when, until you do, until you show me what you want me to do, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to wait. I'm going to have your peace on my life. And so peace be with you, as Jesus said. It should be at all times and in all ways because He's in the room with us. If He's in the room with us, what better place to be than in the room with Jesus?